listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. If you haven't been here the last three weeks, um, then you wouldn't be aware that uh, we're in a season, in a series where we're talking about the, it's called A Matter of Conversation, but what it's about is about engaging our heart, engaging our story, engaging the wonder of what God has done in our own life, and in sharing that, making it known to others. Because who knows that what God has done in our life should not stay secret. It should not be something that we lock away. It should not be something that we have just between us and God, but actually, The Bible tells us to go into all the world and make known the wonder of who God is, how great He is, how much He loves us, the plan, the purpose He has for us, and the way He can turn our lives around. And I am thankful for a turnaround God. I'm thankful for someone who takes me as I am, but loves me too much to leave me as I was. And He leads us continually forward. And I'm not going to build on, sorry, I'm not going to, you know, replicate the last three weeks, but you've got to jump online and listen to Pastor Nadia's message and Pastor Paul's message and then Pastor Danny last week, uh, you know, just sharing great insight, great revelation. And I actually would love just to continue on from that this morning. And I'd actually really um, love to put Pastor Paul's dartboard uh, on the screens as a backdrop for today, because I think what Pastor Paul shared was absolutely brilliant. Like I think when it comes to our perspective of engaging a conversation with people, this here model was just fantastic, right? That we should love first unconditionally. Talia agreed. That we should have grace undeniable. That then at that point where there's open opportunity and open invitation, we should present truth uncompromised. And who knows that the whole goal is that people more and more would discover who Jesus is through you and I. What a privilege to carry the name of Jesus. What an amazing honor that we get to be his advocate. Most of you are looking at me going, you grabbed the water, you took the lid off. Why have you not had a drink yet? Who was thinking that? You and me both. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I don't know about you, but for me, this last few weeks, I guess I have been in an increased way having a filter, having a... I guess, uh, a viewpoint, a lens on my daily living where I have been proactively aware, proactively looking, proactively, I guess, my spirit turned on, turned up, clarified to go, God, is this a moment? Is this a moment? What do you want me to do here? What would you like me to do? Is this a moment? Is this a moment? Is anybody else in that moment where you're just kind of finding, God, is this a moment? Should I say something here? What could I do in this situation? And I've been finding that uh, so much. And I mean, for many of you, you'd say, yeah, well, that's because you're a pastor. And because you're a pastor and you've got that title, it's easy for you. Well, actually, it isn't always easy for anyone, I don't think. Now, there are some people that have a gift of evangelism, and it would be something that would be a natural overflow uh, and probably would flow a little more naturally than others. But I think all of us, it's got to be a decision. I remember the first time I was challenged to be an evangelist or challenged to have a conversation with people. I actually had met a guy when I was relatively new to church and we got, to, uh, got on really well because he loves snowboarding and we decided in two weeks later to make a day we'd go riding together. And he was one of those guys that was just out there with his faith. And so we turned up to go riding and he had laminated a sign with a scripture and put it on his backpack so everywhere he would ride, people would see, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And I thought, to be honest, really, I didn't really pick him for one of those guys. <laughs> anyway, here we go. <laughs> But actually, I was stirred by the confidence he had with the message he had, that he didn't want to keep it to himself. He didn't want to cover it up. 
And so he said to me, come on, man, today you've got to share your faith. You've got to tell people about Jesus. And I was like, well, you know, well, what are you talking about? He goes, why don't you get on a lift without anybody but one other person? And you just have to, you have to tell them. When you get to the top, you've got to tell me the conversation you had. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Like, I wanted to go snowboarding. It's a really good day. And now I'm like, thoroughly not enjoying this. And, but at the same time, there was a hunger to go, hang on, that's right. And so he would... I would think that was me, him, and another guy going to get on a chairlift, and he would drop off the back last minute, so it just ended up us two. And I'd look at him like, what? And he goes, you know, like, talk to you at the top, you know, like. And so you're sitting there, and you're like, how on earth do I breach the conversation? Sitting there, looking from goggles to goggles that are kind of reflective. You can't really see faces. And, and I would just be like, Lord, like, how am I going to? So I started lines like, wow, isn't it beautiful? What a stunning day. And they would go, oh, yeah, 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 it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I say, have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered how all of this just came to be? Have you ever just thought, man, this is too magnificent just to be an explosion? They'd be like, wow, uh, sure, whatever. And I would try awkwardly to create conversation. Though the truth of it was, it was an exhilarating moment. And there were actually a few moments where people said, yeah, I actually haven't thought about it like that. It is pretty marvelous. It is pretty spectacular. And it stretched my ability to go beyond myself. You know what? A matter of conversation means we have to go beyond ourselves. This week, I emailed a number of people or a couple of weeks ago just to connect with some people throughout our church and ask, what are some of the challenges you find? What are some of the things you've learned? And just got some great feedback and so thankful for those who did that. And, And just got, I guess, connected to some of the things that can stop us. And I want to be pretty practical today. But the truth of it is, is that when it comes to sharing our faith, we lack confidence in general. We don't know how to. And we're afraid of what others will say and the way they will react towards what we believe. And it paralyzes us from saying anything in the first place. You see, Society would actually want to portray that because our biblical worldview is very different to the current worldview, that actually in the areas that we differ, that we would actually be known as bigots, that we would be people who obviously don't accept and don't love. And so therefore, we are actually now labeled as bigots simply because we have a different perspective. And it would try to heap this title on us. And I don't know about you in your workplace when people have said, who are you voting for? Are you voting yes or no? I don't know if you were paralyzed for a moment with, oh my gosh, what can I say? Well, how do I get out of this? But the truth of it is, is that we're fearful of being labeled something that you'd know distinctly that you're not. We do not oppose, we do not hate, we are not against in any way, shape or form. But who knows that the enemy has a plan to try and suffocate the great message of hope, to suffocate the message of love that we have. But I would have to say that actually to say nothing and do nothing would show a greater lack of love than to say something. Because if we truly love, then we would truly do what we could to be able to engage God's heart into every situation. So then some of you right now would go, that's right, you should stand up in your workplace and tell everybody they should stop doing this and stop doing this and they're not allowed to do this and they've got this wrong. But I would say to you, no, 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 the answer to you is no as well. That is actually not the way we should go. The last thing we need is more Christians with rocks in their hands standing in an environment that people do not have the right level of relationship, that we would start hurdling our self-righteous over somebody else and somewhat present this ability to stand over top of people, like as if we've got it all together, like as if we're perfect. I think in that moment that we stand with those perspectives and self-righteous, I think we have fallen from grace further than we actually would want to believe. 
But actually to engage in a matter of conversation is actually not to stand there over top of someone, but actually more to probably sit. Sit in a posture where we actually can interact. The truth of it is, is the world tries to portray that Christians would think themselves higher, would think themselves better, but we must come down to people's level. I love Jesus' example in this when the woman was caught in adultery and brought into the church. Amazing, they brought people into the church building to accuse the person who did wrong. I want to tell you, if you ever walk into this church and you feel condemned because of maybe the way that you've been brought up or the lifestyle that you're living, please come and see me. We'll find out who it was that condemned you and then we will drag them up the front and I know plenty of places to find rocks. No, I'm joking. But our heart is not that you would find people wanting to throw down on you, but you would find people that would want to get down with you. See, what Jesus did was did not throw down on her, but he got down in the dirt. And you say, well, shouldn't he have, shouldn't have he said more? He said so much by not telling everybody how unfaithful she was, but actually standing up and presenting just how weak we all are, just how much we're all in need of grace. And isn't it phenomenal that the one person that could throw a stone never held a stone? Do you know that Jesus could legitimately, by law, have grabbed a rock and thrown it at her? He was the only one who was without sin. He could have been the one to actually execute and fulfill the law. But we have a God who is full of grace. We have a God who's full of compassion. And I'd like to encourage us that in the moments we feel self-righteous, like we know better and we know that they shouldn't and we know this, maybe, just maybe, we need to get a little bit closer to the heart of the person. And maybe just realize there's another way of instilling hope, instilling purpose, and showing that there's a different way that God has for us. Because I love that Jesus did not compromise, but uncompromisably, he told her to get up. No one here that condemns you. Neither do I, but it's time to leave the life that you're currently living. And he was honest with her in regards to the detriment of her current choices because he got down in with her. So I thought to make that point even clearer, I thought maybe that I would come And I'm going to come and hang down with you. Not that you're all being dragged in here uh, and you all have things that we're going to bring up or anything like that. But this matter of conversation that's actually eye to eye. A matter of conversation that connects heart to heart. A matter of conversation that does not remove us from the realities of everyday life, but actually enables us to present this truth that, man, we all go through stuff. And I need Jesus just as much as today as I did the first day I met him. And I still don't get everything right, but it's okay. There's a hope. There's a way forward. And so I would like to speak on seven things, seven practical things of how we can engage a matter of conversation. Are you ready? Now, I'm kind of following off what um, Pastor Danny did. He said, be real. Wasn't it a great word last week? Be ready, be passionate, and be spirit-led. All right? It's so, so good. We have the plus one. We have God with us. We're just waiting to be introduced. I love that. But I want to carry on from that. I would carry on and I'd say my point one, or if you want to go on from last week's notes, point five, I would say be consistent. Be consistent. The consistency of Jesus' life was spread. When people heard Jesus was coming, they already knew the good news of what was coming. His life was consistent. I want to say to you that many people I've talked to in regards to this relationship with God, many people I've had conversations with, I've heard they said, I would, but I watched so many of my Christian friends say one thing but do another. 
And honestly, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, I'm not saying we're going to get everything perfect, but come on, we've got to have some consistency about the way that we live. All right? We've got to be consistent. I love that Acts 3. Here's a story about Peter who heals a lame beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then he said, look at us. And the man gave him this attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I want to ask you, how did the man get to the gate? We all understand the miracle at the gate, but how did he get to the gate? He got to the gate every single day because somebody carried him. Somebody carried him. Somebody carried him. The person that actually is the hero of the story was never named. Do you know that your life's story has more volume than you're giving it credit? Do you know that the way you live your life is actually carrying people closer and closer to the presence of God? Do you know that, that your life and a way that you live, the honesty, the integrity, the compassion, the kindness, the thoughtfulness, the graciousness, the mercy that you live with carries people to His presence? Do you understand that? I know for me that when I got saved, I my friend group kind of changed, not because I died to exclude myself from my friends, but a lot of my friends excluded themselves from me. They said, oh, now he's a Christian. He doesn't drink like us, doesn't talk like us. But never once did I say, I don't want to hang out with you. But I guess in those moments, you find out those who really have your back. And then on my wedding day, a couple of years later, literally only a couple of years later, on my wedding day, one of my best men got up and shared Little did I know what he was going to share, but he got up and he pretty much said, you know what, a couple of years ago, Craig started going to church. And at that point, his life changed. It went to another level. And all of us watched, now he didn't say Craig, actually my name back then was Baza. Uh, we watched Baza and his whole life went to another level and we all wanted the same thing he had. And it wasn't until we had a conversation in the car two days ago that I distinctively knew it was his relationship with God that changed everything. He said the car ride could have gone on for hours. Fast forward a few years later, he was living in Sydney. I was wondering how God would ever connect with him. We go to a Hillsong conference. I snuck him into the conference that night. And literally, he put his hand up in the balcony. We ran down the balcony, jumped over the edge of the balcony and ran up to the front and he gave his life to Jesus. I want to tell you the consistency people see. The consistency says more than you think it does. Your consistency starts to set a pattern, starts to set a lifestyle that people go, I actually want to be in on that. And that's the thing is if they say if people really believe what they believe, how do they live the way they live? Come on, let's live out the way we believe. Let's live it out. Come on, let's be people who are light to this world. Let's be leaders in the way that we live. Let's be leaders in the way that we talk. The Bible says that we are lights to the world, but I want to ask the question, how much are we shining? Come on, it might not always be, a, it might not be a sharing your verbally, the way of the things of God, but man, your life is always sharing your relationship with God. So number one, be consistent. Number two, be courageous. Be courageous. We've got to be consistent. But hear it, you've got to be courageous. Romans 10, 17 says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of God. 
So we have to live it out. But at the same time, there's going to come a point where we actually need to speak it out. And I'm, I know for many of us, oh, I'm happy living it out, but don't ask me to speak it out. Well, actually, you've got to come a moment. You've got to speak it out. Like, and there's no other moment than to actually step into that place that you're fearful of and just give it a go. If your heart's right and your motor's right, I'm telling you, it's going to go better than you think it is. But we've got to be okay with the fact that even if it doesn't go well, it's okay to take a step of courage as God leads us. See, I love courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than the fear I feel. Come on, the message we have of hope, the message of Jesus that we carry is more important than the fear that you're feeling. Come on, than the apprehension that you have, than the sweaty palms that you've got, right? It's more important to hear that people would know the love of Jesus. So we've got to live it out, but at the same time, there's got to come a moment where God is going to lead you to speak it out. And you've just got to get out there and speak it out. Just speak it out. And what does it say here in, in Matthew 5.11? Blessed are you who are, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. When was the last time you were persecuted for your faith? And that's not getting up for a 10 a.m. service. That's not persecution. <laughs> Driving here in the rain is not persecution. Getting in too late to get your coffee before the service start is not persecution. Now, when was the last time you actually copped flack for your faith? It's a challenge to me personally. Now, I'm not saying let's go out there and look for an argument, look for a fight. That's not what we're saying. But has anyone opposed the faith that you have? Has anyone said, oh, I bet you're one of those. Oh, I bet you're this kind of person. I haven't had that recently. So am I just looking for the wins or am I just looking... Or am I looking to be okay to be the vessel that God can use? Because i just got the courage to step out. And if I've got the right spirit, and if I've got the right motive, I'm praying that what that person captures is not an argument, it's not entitlement, it's not self-righteousness, it's actually a seed of something that would go into their heart and maybe make them start to consider something different in their life. We've got to be consistent. We've got to be courageous. Come on, your faith is not safe. Faith is not safe. <laughs> Faith is faith. Faith means we've got to get out there. Number three, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be prepared. Don't go in blind, right? We've got to be prepared. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I love the opportunity that you, when you get that face-to-face, -face, the eye-to-eye, -eye, the heart-to-heart, -heart, I love the opportunity to share my story. But do you know your story? Could you articulate your story in one minute? Could you articulate it? Now, that's pretty quick, but could you articulate it in three minutes? Probably more likely. You want to go, well, how do I do that? How do I share my story? Simply in three minutes. One minute, talk about what your life was like. Second minute, talk about what God did in that moment of exchange. Number three, third minute, talk about where your life is now. Just three minutes. Just three minutes. Have you got three minutes? Hey, I know, I know that, you know, we've been really cool to talk and stuff, but if you've got another three minutes, <laughs> I just love to share like what my life was like. Love to share what God was like when he met me. I'd love to tell you where my life has changed and what it's like now. All the while presenting, it doesn't mean I'm perfect, doesn't mean everything's easy, but I've got a God who's with me. And I love that the fact that he's not just with me, he's a God who wants to be with you. Be prepared. Be prepared with one-liners. Be prepared. People often say to me, what, you're a pastor? You don't look like a pastor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I don't think church probably looks like what you think it looks like either. Just chat, like, you've got to, like, have a moment. Oh, you go to church? I bet you they're all about money. I bet you, I mean, do you do that tithe thing? Do you do that gift thing? Yeah, we do. 
And it's amazing our church has got such a community heart. We're honestly really active and we're looking at doing more. In fact, we're starting like a meals thing once a week for people who can't afford dinner. Did you know that in a couple of weeks, we're actually packing in Australia 7,000 Christmas boxes? We're going to give that away for free. Do you know that our church is investing $250,000 into giving food away at Christmas time? People say, what? Yeah, actually, no, it's not just $250,000. We're actually doing $30,000 across because we actually our church is in Melbourne, but it's also in New Zealand. And God, we got such a community heart that last year, did you know that we gave away $9 million in regards to community impact in just one year? I'm telling you, you start being prepared with the rally of what the good things that's happening. People aren't going to be going, oh, I don't want to give to that. Oh, I don't believe in that. You're actually going to find people like, are you serious? Man, the, the news never tells us that. Oh, really? Really? Maybe you shouldn't believe everything the news tells you. Come on, be prepared. Oh, you're in a church. You know that the banner of church encapsulates a whole lot of different churches? Scientology is a church. My gosh, is that whacked? That's whacked. Like, I'm serious. That's some, some desperate faith there. That's whacked. But you know that we're grouped in the same group? Right? Like, we're grouped in the same. So when people see it, they're thinking, oh, you're one of them. You're like that. Just be prepared. I don't know if what your perspective of church is, but man, it's, honestly, it's filled with like you and me. Like, honestly, you'd walk in and you'd think, oh my goodness, these people are all just like me. Like, they're really like, I mean, not that there's like a, you know, it's PC, but they're normal. You know, like, it's really like ordinary people. And it's amazing. It's amazing how when you're prepared to be able to not fight back, not try and win an argument, just be prepared with seeds, with seeds, with seeds that start to sow something. But you need to be informed. You go, man, I didn't know about that stuff, community stuff we do. Well, get informed. How else do you get informed about other things that you know about? You jump online and you research it. Have you ever jumped online and looked at the different community issues that we have? Looked at the different ways we can help people? Honestly, you'd be surprised. You'd be proud of the church that you have. Does this make sense? Number four, be sensitive. Now, the previous scripture, which actually ties into both of these, is 1 Peter 3.15. And it says... In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. Amazing, to everyone who asks you. <laughs> Not saying don't force it on everyone, to everyone who asks you. That's pretty actually quite a good thought. Give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with, listen, gentleness and respect. I love that. I love that. So good, isn't it? Be strategic, be sensitive. Sorry, be, be sensitive. You know that we can help restore what's been ruined? What I've found in church context, but what I've found in moments I've connected with people is I've had the opportunity to apologize on behalf a number of times. Like, I'm really sorry that that's the way you were treated. I'm so sorry that that's the way you felt. I'm really sorry that in that leadership moment they responded like that. I'm really sorry. I don't understand the situation. I'm not going to point finger. But I just want to say, I just don't know if that's God's heart. I don't think God would want something to happen that you would disconnect from him, that you would remove yourself from his church. I actually don't believe that. I, I think he has good in store for you. I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, if, you, if you'd open up your heart, if you'd be willing, I know, like, you know, at your own pace. You've got an environment you'd really enjoy. You've got an environment you'd really connect to. It's amazing how many times that when I've heard things, I don't jump on the defensive wagon. Just apologize. Come on, say sorry. Come on, let's be people that take ownership. Come on, it's, it's our church. It's the bride. It's, it's the place. Come on, we're part of the body. Come on, if, if, stand up, Danny, for a second. 
Now, respond how you would naturally respond, right? Don't respond how you think I want you to respond. Just respond as if you would. Now, if I was to punch Danny in the face, <laughs> right? What would, like, we're out, you know, he's, he's straightened the fringe. He's done the press-ups earlier. He's all ready to go. We're on the D floor. And, uh, and I go to punch him in the face. What's, what's he going to do? If you notice what he did, one, he moves out of the way. But two, he got his other arm. Grab it. Like, as I, yeah, like, do whatever you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do what you would do, right? The body, right, even though I'm going for his face, the rest of his body protects the face. The body stands up for the body. Does it make sense? Right, so as I go to punch, the, other, the rest of the body is protecting the rest of the body. How often are we like, oh, well, that's them down the road. Thanks, Danny. And, and we let them have digs and punches. Hang on, no, 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 protect the body. That's your body. That's my body. That's Christ's bride. Protect it. Now, that does not mean we need to excuse what went on. But don't ditch dirt on the church. Don't throw more on the fire that's already in flame. Let's be people who put it out. Let's be people who put grace into it. Let's be people who say, you know what, if you need to talk to someone about that, we've got people who would love to talk to you about it. But come on, defend. Naturally, the body wants to respond by defending the body. It doesn't want to just cop blows. Right? It defends, it defends, it defends. You know, I might not have the same story as most people I've talked to, but I've been amazed by how scenarios of the, what's really going on the inside is how much we've aligned. You know, when I was talking to Lawrence in Kenya a couple of weeks ago, he's from an abused background. In fact, they don't even know his background because it's too traumatic to even share it publicly yet. My, our worlds couldn't be more different. But when I was talking and telling him, I said, how you, like, tell me what's going on. Tell me, like, what do, you, what do you dream to be? And he says, I have no purpose. Amazing. In that moment, boom, connection. I lived for years without any purpose. I lived for years wondering if I'd be alive over the age of 21. And so we might have completely different age group. We might be completely different story. But the scenario is exactly the same. You know what, Lawrence? <laughs> I used to be just like that. I used to think just like that. And God, when I opened my heart to him, in that moment, it started to change. I started to see a future. You can have the same thing, mate. You can have the same thing. As I'm sitting in a classroom at morning tea time with a teacher who's breaking down in tears, lost her kids, lost her husband because of life choices. I can't relate to that, but I can relate to the feeling of feeling too guilty that God would want me back. And as I sat there and I said, you know what? I ran away from God in my own story. And I'll tell you that the moment I turned and opened my heart, he was right there. No hurdles to jump through, just an open heart. If you would just open your heart, God, honestly, he's standing right here. He doesn't need you to get better before he's going to meet you. No, he would actually want to walk from you with you from this moment. Would you open your heart? I'm telling you, I've known it in my own life. He can do it for you. If you would be amazed that if you have a sensitivity to what's actually the story under the story, it's amazing how you can connect at a heart-to-heart level. Does that make sense? Number five. Be strategic. Be strategic. And some of you right now are thinking, oh, but hang on, no, love with no strings attached. You know, the enemy is very strategic. His strategy is clear, to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. You know, Jesus came, I've come that you may have life, have it to the full. There's a strategy there. He wants people to have life. So yes, we do it unconditional, but man, my ultimate heart goal is that people are going to find him and connect with him through the life that I live, through the things that I do, through the words that I speak, through the heart that I have, through the Christmas box that goes to every single home. 
It's given with no strings attached, but I'm praying that there will be the presence of God on every single box, that when they open it, they're not just getting food, but they're getting value and dignity, and there's something that speaks into who they are as they read that little brochure that they open up. Be strategic, all right? As I said before, um, you know, about the whole seed thing, I go into environments when I connect with people and I ask, is this a seed moment or a watering moment? 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 9 says, I plant the seed, Apollos watered it, but it's God who's been making it grow, which is saying we don't save anyone, but I do get to water and I do get to sow seeds. And so when I'm in an environment and I'm talking to someone, I'm asking the question, am I sowing a seed here or am I watering what's already been planted? And it's just a discerning moment. It's just a moment of realizing where are they at in their faith journey? Where are they at? The other day as we were flying back, last Saturday night, flying back from New Zealand in the duty-free area, we walked into a sunglass hut and a girl behind the counter just simply said, oh, you know, um, what are you guys doing? You're heading on holiday. We said, oh, we're going home. Uh, we've just been here for a conference. It was really cool. Oh, what a kind of conference. I said, oh, well, you know, I'm a pastor and, and um, we've been in, you know, it's a, a men's conference, a church conference. A bunch of our guys went over and it, honestly, it was awesome. It was just such a cool time. And uh, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds fun. And so anyway, we go on talking about glasses and glasses and glasses. And then the moment comes where we go, do we have to, do we, do we take this further? We've already created an, an awareness of who we are and what we do. So the question then comes, how about you? Have you ever been to church? Come on, we've got to be strategic. We're going to have like ways, you know, we say in church, we want to remove Christianese. But I think actually in the world, we've got to up our Christianese. We've got to up our words of, oh yeah, while I was at church, oh yeah, I was praying the other day. Oh, you know what? I don't do that because of the beliefs that I have. Whatever it might be, up your Christian knees because there needs to be, when they saw Peter, they said, Peter, you sound different. Right now, I know it's because he came from a different region, but it's a, rep- it's a revelation to say there should be a different sound. Come on, when people hear you talk, there should be a different sound. There should be words that they say, what? Blessed. That's a very Christian word. You know that. Because we named our children biblical names, the guy who we met through Gumtree to buy a piece of land said, wow, Hope, Zion, and actually we didn't have Ezekiel. Uh, Hope and Zion, and he goes, wow, those are biblical names. Those are biblical names. Now, we didn't choose it for that reason, but well, God will use anything. Isn't it amazing that he had the confidence, the ability to say, hey, those were biblical names, which gave me the avenue not just to go, oh, yeah, they, they were cool, but actually say, yeah, we're involved in church. In fact, we're pastors. And he goes, oh, I've been in church my whole life. Who knows that we then went on to see a God miracle take place. So I'm telling you, up the Christianese. It might sound counterculture, but up it. Use words like prayer. Use words that, anyway, so I say to this girl, I said, you ever go to church? She goes, actually, I used to go to church a lot. And some, some, some of my life choices, you know, I guess I'm probably not the Christian mold anymore. People wouldn't accept me in church anymore. I said, oh, really? Why is that? And she said, well, um, told me the scenario. And she goes, what would you think of that? I said, well, I can tell you for one, you'd be completely welcome in our church. You could walk in. She said, well, to be honest, people are wondering, what is she? What was the situation? She says, I'm gay. I'm in a gay relationship. You obviously wouldn't want me there. I said, 100%, we would want you there. I said, I guess this is my heart's response to anybody who walks through our doors, whether they've been a Christian for generations or whether it's their first day in, is that we would just come in with an opportunity for God to speak to any area of our heart. If we can just all walk in like that every time we get into church, then who knows, God's got room to do whatever He's ready to do in the time in that He wants to do it. He can do what I could never do. So I said, you'd be completely welcome. If I guess the thing is, is if you have an open heart to God, He'll do what He wants to do, and we'll just keep loving everybody who comes in. That's just our job. And she goes, oh, well. She goes, yeah, because I used to be a youth leader. I remember praying for people, and they went under the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh, okay, so you didn't just go to church. 
You, you hung from some chandeliers in your time. I said to her, you know, I don't know where you live, but there's a church in Mount Eden. She goes, oh, I live in Mount Eden. I'm telling you, be strategic. Have, cur- have, have courage. <laughs> when that moment comes where you get to, with the Uber driver the other day, he's Indian and he just moved from South Australia and obviously most generalization, a lot of Indian people have a certain level of faith in something. I said, oh, so when you moved here, did you get connected to a faith community? I've only got 10 minutes in this car. So what can we do? What, what bad can you do in 10 minutes? I still give him a five-star rating, even if it goes bad. <laughs> Come on, how many times do we look for the moment? How many times are we being strategic? Come on, about the words that we say, the things that we're doing. I loved it. Pastor Paul said that he uses snapper. He uses fish to open doors. It was cookies and milk that opened the door to my father-in-law's heart. It was family that enabled my wife to get saved. It was her angelic looks. She flirted. She flirted hard to get me in the doors. And I'm super grateful for it. Danny, it was the fringe and the muscles. Paul, it's motorbikes. You know, Rita, it's faith and healing. You know, there's, there's many of us. You know, I was talking to another guy. It's food. He loves food. He gets them around. I'll cook you a meal. What, what's in your hand? What's your opportunity? But can I tell you, start just dropping words that make people go, oh, really? I remember the other day, I was, someone emailed back and they said, oh, I just tell them all the time on Monday. Yeah, I went to church. It was great. Come on, do you, do you say, oh, yeah, I went to church on the weekend and that's it? Or do you start retelling, it's great. It's awesome. Like, it's amazing. You would love it. <laughs> do we add those words to the words, we went to church? Or do we just go, oh, I went to church? Come on, be strategic. Sow a seed, sow a seed, water, water, water. Do what you've got to do to be able to get that conversation, get it cracking, get it opening up. This might sound wrong. Hear it right. Leverage your relationship. Oh, you know, those people in church, they're weird. What, so you're saying I'm weird? No, no, well, you're different. I'm actually not as different as you think. Honestly, it, like, honestly, it's, it's everyday people. God's real. Like, honestly, it's just, he's real. Leverage your relationship. Honestly, on the back of this relationship, honestly, like, like seriously, do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. Cool. Well, would you trust me and just at least come once? <laughs> just come and connect. Come to the sisterhood night. Honestly, you'll love it. Like, it's going to be so much fun. Seriously, all the girls together, leave your husband at home. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just going to be the best. What? Yeah, you can bring other friends with you as well. Yeah, come on. Leverage your relationship. Don't abuse it. Don't misuse it. But do you know what I mean by that? Come on, there's a level of trust they have in you. So don't act like there's no trust and that you're starting from ground zero. No, no. Engage on the level that you've got. Use it. I remember leaving the company I was in to go work at church and I said, you know, guys, I'm leaving because I'm going to something that I know is real and I want to give my life to. Would you all as a leaving gift, would you all just come just once? Come on, honestly, trust me, you'll love it. I wouldn't tell you to come if I didn't think it was something that I know you would enjoy. Would you come? All of the staff came. Because I just used the relationship. Years of friendship. But who knows, I was removing myself from that environment the way that it used to be. So I want to make sure there's an opportunity for them to be able to capture what it is that I would give my life to. Come on, I hope you're capturing the spirit behind this. I hope you You know, Christmas box packing day can be one of the best ways to get people into this environment. Please don't just sign yourself up. I love what Tal said about she signed her mum up. Come on, who else? Like, can you think of in your corporate world? Who else? In your, you know, they already think it's all about this. Oh, that's just take, take, take. Cool, well, just bring them to a Christmas box backing day and let them be blown away by what's taking place. And when they hear, what, is that the church? Yeah, that's the church. 
This is what we do. Really? Wow. Seed, 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 seed. By the way, we need like 220 volunteers. So actually, if you can all sign up. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Christmas production coming up. Be strategic. Are you starting now? Are you starting now? Cap, you know, people who are in poverty, you know, people going through hardship. It's a free service, confidential. They can engage them there. I've got to move on. We've got to go. But next thing, be confident. Be confident. Silver and gold we don't have, but hey, what we do have, just be confident with what you've got. Be confident with what you've got. People are more open than you think. Write that down. People are more open than you think. Be confident. Excuse me, I know that. Would you, would you be open for me to pray for you? Honestly, you'll be more surprised by how many people say yes. You know, my church prays for people all week long. We've seen some amazing miracles. We could believe for your family as well. Would you want us to pray for you? It's amazing what could be opened up. Come on, be an avenue. Be strategic. Give opportunity to open the door. As I said before, up the Christianese. Gosh, there's so much I want to get through. I don't think there's probably a day in the mix of all of this that I wouldn't say, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> Honestly, the Spirit led, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, help me. I don't know what to say next. I feel like Moses. <laughs> I have no idea what to say next. Oh my goodness, this could end the relationship like Esther. Could end, it could end everything right now. Holy Spirit, would you go before me? It's amazing what He can open up. It's amazing how He can shift a heart. Nobody is too far off. No heart is too far off. In fact, you might be sitting here and you say, you know what, I, I would say I'm a long way off. You know what, you're not that far off. You're just one decision. One decision. You know the Bible has pointed out very clear that to believe in God is not to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. To believe in God is to simply believe. It's to open up a heart. It's to give the opportunity for God's love to meet you as you are. And I would love to end this morning by just having literally a a two-minute moment that actually could change your world forever. It changed mine forever. (laughs) The way it changed it the most is I lived a life isolated and alone. I had no peace and I felt a void in my life. In the moment that I decided I would open my heart and take a step of faith to believe in a God who is far greater than me, who has a plan for me, and who the guy at the front told me time and time again that he loves me. I want to tell you that the moment I prayed the prayer that he led me in, the peace that I felt was unquestionable. The hole that I felt in my heart was gone. It was filled. It wasn't like it disappeared. It was filled with something of substance. And I felt, like I said before, like the first time I started to see my life beyond the age of 21, I started to realize, actually, there's more to my life than I ever thought. Every person in this room, if you don't have the peace of God in your life, you can, and it's one decision away. Every person here, you feel like there's a void in your life, although you've got a great family, great business, great environment, all that kind of stuff. The void isn't your assets. Your void isn't your success. The void is just a relationship with a loving God. It's only one decision away. Or you don't have a peace in your life. I want to tell you the peace comes from the man. His name is Jesus. You just got to believe in him. Take a step of faith to invite him into your heart. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.